2: number three on a friday you definitely know that one we talked about that moment earlier when cameron played a little aerosmith a little walk this way aerosmith first aerosmith run dnc later on redefining a couple different games at the same time chad and zay on a friday we are here at total men's primary care cameron parker on the board back in the studio thanks to marcus thanks to jack thanks to macy our crew out here getting everybody set up we will be out here till 7 at Total Men's Primary Care getting those toys together for the toy drive. Come on out, bring us the new unwrapped toys. Thanks to those of you who've done that today. It's 2701 South Congress. Uh, a lot of football on the board as well, including the awards last night. Bijan John Robinson takes home the Doak Walker Award. He also got the Football Writers uh, All-American Team first team nod today as well so he's on two of those national all-american teams at the first team level to talk about that and more let's go to the vaqueros cafe cantina hotline and talk to our man jeff ketchum of orangebloods.com at gk catch on twitter catch how are you
3: what's going on man
2: what's up catch man it is that uh, that time of year trying to figure out if i've got you know, all the Christmas presents purchased and uh, all of that. Doesn't quite feel like December out here right now at 70-something degrees, but uh, I will deal with it. Um, how about um, for you, was there any chance that the Doak Walker folks were going were gonna to screw Bijan? Because I had a weird feeling that they were going to give it to the Michigan kid last night. I was really glad B. got it. I thought he deserved it, but was there anything in the pit of your stomach thinking that maybe Coram was going to be the guy?
3: Not even a little bit. I think that, uh, I think once Quorum got hurt in those last couple of games, his ability to the storyline that followed him, which was he's the guy carrying Michigan to the playoff, I think that kind of fizzled when Donovan Edwards ends up being a guy that when you watch him the last couple of weeks, you wonder, God, is that guy even better than Blake Quorum? So I think if Quorum stays healthy and Michigan does what it does and he's the guy they're riding, I think there's a very good chance that he's in New York for the Heisman. He might even be the favorite for the Heisman right now had he stayed healthy. But I think the injury kind of, for, at least for me, I went into that thinking uh, that Dijon that, that overtook Quorum at the end.
1: You know, Jeff, last night when they were interviewing B. John Robinson on the Four Leather Network and you saw his family and you saw him still here on campus because he went to the volleyball game yesterday, but you saw him in the locker room. And one thing that I noticed kind of more than anything was seeing how happy running back coach Deshard Choice was. Just kind of like, like a proud father with B. John Robinson. And you would just have to think with – all the momentum, Bijan, Winning, Doak Walker, and all the running backs that have won that award here at the 40, and what's coming next. Uh, I thought that the Choice choice uh, was very proud last night.
3: Yeah, I mean, he gets to take a little piece of credit that well, I don't know if he deserves it or not. You know, yeah. I don't know that. You know, we've 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 known running back coaches before, and sometimes. Ricky Williams is just Ricky Williams, and sometimes Cedric Benson is just Cedric Benson. Uh, sometimes Vince is Vince when you think about the quarterback position. But, yeah, no, I mean, congratulations to everybody involved in all of that. I mean, everybody plays a role, all of the offensive linemen, uh, obviously the play call calling, the quarterback. I mean, those awards really are team awards. I and mean, so it's always cool to see everybody feel good that their little role pays off in a guy. You know, I mean, that's not an insignificant thing. I mean, I, I wrote about this last night. In all probability, now what we're talking about is that in 20 years from now, D. E. John Robinson will be a college football Hall of Famer. It's not the biggest award of all time, right? I mean, we always think about the NFL Hall of Fame, but it's no small thing either. It is essentially a statement of fact that you're one of the greatest players in the history of the sport that you'll be able, they can't tell the story of college football without talking about the best running back in the country in 2022. And considering that Bijan, you know, one of the, one of the downsides of Dijon storyline is that he didn't really play any big games at Texas being well, in, in a weird way his career's kind of been for naught because the Longhorns haven't been able to play at a level befitting of his talent. They didn't play for big twelve championships, they didn't make it to the big twelve championship game. You know, there's a world out there where some people would call that a waste. And I think to be able to put to win these types of awards and, and to eventually come away with the status that he comes up with somewhat vindicates the decision to come to Texas because the the team performance on the field didn't quite ever get there. And it's, it's harsh, but you know, if someone were to say, God, that guy should have gone to Ohio state and played in bigger games or gone to Georgia or gone to Alabama, I can at least listen to that because I do think he, as a talent should be playing on the biggest stage. Uh, it didn't always happen at Texas, but you know, if this thing comes around and Steve Sarkisian is able to, to get this program going where he wants it to, Bijan Robinson will be able to look back in a way that Peyton Manning, quite frankly, was when he was at Tennessee, right? He didn't win the ring, but they don't win the ring without what Peyton contributed to them getting there. And I think Bijan will be able to look back at his career and feel like potentially that's the role that he played. Uh, but I, I was really happy to see him. He's such a good young man. Uh, he, he just seems to have a good heart, a good presence. Uh, And it was nice to see him have that moment for sure.
2: Yeah, it does seem to be an incredible kid. Uh, Catch the short term and the long term here. Obviously, a lot of Longhorn fans wondering, is he going to play in the bowl game? I have not heard anybody uh, that does what you do, thinking that it's for sure he will play. Give us the latest there. And then we've got a lot of fans that have been asking that bigger, newer question of, hey, any chance there's an NIL package big enough to keep Bijan around for one more year? Your thoughts on that as well.
3: Uh, our expectations that n- neither Bijan or Roshan will play in the ball game. Um, a matter of fact, we reported that last night. Our sources are telling us that both of those young men will not play in the ballgame. game. Um, there's also some conversation. I believe there's even another report on another website that Demarvion Overshone would be another guy that's not playing in the ballgame. game. We've not yet confirmed the Demarvion stuff, although we've heard that the conversation, and not just with DeMarvion. There's a couple of guys that are getting ready to go to the NFL, but there's some thought they also might not play in the ballgame, but our sources have have all but confirmed that Roshan will not play. It makes it a different ballgame. Suddenly, Jonathan Brooks takes on a role that he hasn't had to take on at any point in his career. I think there will be more asked of Quinn viewers, uh, given that 2,500 yards of offense suddenly goes out the window in this game, Uh, but You know, that's the era that we live in, in in 2022, guys. You know, with Roshan, you're talking about a guy that's going to be playing at the Senior Bowl. That week of practice is really big for him. He's battling an ankle injury. I think that, you know, a decision from him not to play in the bowl game probably centers around him wanting to be as healthy as possible for that week in Mobile, which will be as important as anything he's done in his career. Those practices in Mobile for the seniors that go to that game uh, oftentimes, make or break, kind of what the NFL thinks of them as prospects, and then and then Bijan's kind of an obvious one. That guy projects as an NFL first-round draft pick, potentially a high NFL draft pick, depending on when um, how he tests and kind of needs for running backs. As he plays a position that's been devalued to some degree, but he, like Saquon Barkley, I think he's a unique talent that you know. I'm, he, I've said this before. You would expect that Bijan next year in NFL fantasy drafts will be a first-round draft pick, and it's kind of – all—it's you know it doesn't happen all the time. Even in all the running backs that we've covered, I don't quite remember thinking that about – we didn't say that about Deontay Foreman when he won. You know, oh, well, next year Deontay might be one of the six first players drafted in fantasy. Dijon's <laughs> <laughs> got a chance to be that kind of a guy. And, you know, so it, everybody's got reasons – different reasons. If DeMarbion doesn't play again, I think you'd be talking about a guy who wants to be healthy when he spends his week in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Um, it's, you know, it's probably not a decision that everybody would find popular, but, I mean, it's one that you can understand, and it is for the first time, I think, in most of these careers, these players are making decisions based on what's best for themselves, and I have a hard time begrudging um any of these guys looking to do that I mean they're on the cusp of something really big for them life changing you know the the money involved uh, family changing and sometimes you got to do what you got to do and in in this instance the Longhorns won't quite be the same team in the bowl game that they were uh, throughout the entire season.
1: Yeah, Jeff, I completely agree, and even though us Longhorn fans, we'd be sad to see Roshan Johnson and Bijan John Robinson not play, there's just too much risk and not enough reward playing in this Alamo Bowl game. But one thing that I noticed yesterday in the Steve Sarkeesian press conference for the Valero Alamo Bowl with Hudson Card leaving, Malik Murphy is now QB2, and what does that tell you about Malik Murphy's commitment to stick around the 40 Acres?
3: Well, I think that part of what Steve Sarkeesian has to convince Malik of, with Arch Manning showing up in less than 30 days is or around 30 days, he's like a month out, is that he's gotta, there's got to be a pathway for Malik to not get steamrolled. You know, don't get chance mocked where you've got Chris Sims on one side of you and Vince Young on the other, and where do you sit in? I think what Malik has going for him right now is that Steve Sarkisian is telling him, and really I think everybody in the program, the quarterback job, I thought the most telling thing for me yesterday in the press conference was that Sarkisian openly talked about, look, man, we got to get better in the passing game. And if that's Quinn, that's on Quinn. If that's the running backs or the receivers or the coaching or what, we have to be better. He talked about how the passing game in college football in 2022 is what the run game used to be. Everybody takes it for granted. Like, that's, that's the known thing. Okay, well... You're going to have 3,000, 3,500 yards, whatever, baked into your offense, because that's what comes from the quarterback in the passing game in 2022, that that didn't happen for Texas. They've got to find a way to get there. And it means that Malik Murphy has an opportunity to compete for the job, I think, in the spring, in a way that certainly wasn't available to him this season when he's both hurt, he's behind. There were a number of things that kept him from being a viable option for the Longhorns during this season. But I think starting in these bowl workouts with suddenly he's taking the reps exclusively with the twos and probably getting some reps with the ones uh, as well. I don't think there's a competition or anything like that in, during bowl workouts. But I think that th- those opportunities will be there in a way that they weren't when Hudson Card is on campus. And I think, you know, this becomes a critical off season for Quinn Ewers, but it's also a critical off season for Malik Murphy, like ready or not, You've got to put a marker down that says you realistically can be a viable piece when Arch Manning is ready to be the guy. And it's a, it's a small window because I think Arch Manning is going to be the starting quarterback in 2024. What could change that is somebody playing at such a level and taking the job by control to such a degree. Um, that it maybe it shuts the door a little bit on 2024 to Arch. But I will say this, Zay, Chad and I were around for the Chris Sims years. When Major Applewhite essentially lost the job, he was the reigning Big 12 offensive player of the year in 1999. But there was this thought that Chris Sims was going to be the guy. There are expectations that come with players with last names like that. And there's an urge to get them on the field. Guys come here to play with those guys. And so I think the thing that Malik Murphy and Quinn Ewers both have to do is realize that their window for, I think, seizing control of uh, a place in the future as the guy here is, I think, fairly narrow. It needs to happen soon because Quinn Ewers will get on campus, and they didn't bring him in to sit for two-plus years and and take over in 2025. Arch Manning doesn't come here if the messaging is, yeah, you can show up and and, and enroll early in 2023, and, you know, by the time 2025 rolls around, there will be a spot for you. That's not how and why he picked Texas. Um, And I think Steve Sarkeesian will hitch his wagons to the development of Arch Manning as the defining thing in his tenure at this point of, at coaching at Texas. So those players have to be ready to take control now. And that's why I know this is a really long answer to the, the Malik Murphy question, but these practices suddenly that he gets in December are really important for him because it's, it's, there's no arch on campus yet. So it's a chance for Malik Murphy to make an impression that goes into the spring when there's nothing there in front of him or, or behind him. Uh, that can take away from, from what it is that he might be able to assert for himself in the next couple of weeks.
1: Interesting. Very, very interesting. Yep. So, Jeff, the Horns, they got a really good Huskies team. Uh, they got to play in a few weeks. Michael Penix, the Southpaw, could really sling it. The Indiana transfer. You just said B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson aren't going to play. What are you looking for in this Valero-Alamo Bowl game?
3: A lot of points. You know, what's really interesting about Washington, um, they throw the ball a lot. So this would be a really kind of a different offense than Texas. Has. I mean, they throw the ball a lot. They threw the ball. Michael Pett- Pettix Jr. has thrown the ball more than 40 times in a game, seven times this season, more than 50 times in a game, three times this season. They are 57%, number one in the country, on third downs, whereas the Texas defense – it's like around 79th in the country in, in third-down defense. So it's strength versus weakness. When you look at that Washington defense, they're pretty good against the run. They're 33rd in the country. So not great. They're not shabby either. But they are horrible against the pass. So strength versus weaknesses, their weaknesses in their pass defense. It probably indicates that Quinn Ewers is going to need to have a bigger role in this game than i think he had down the stretch where i think they'd be emphasized his presence in the offense because it was needed i think they're going to have to reopen that against this washington huskies team which will have their best player available to them in a way that texas it looks like will not um i think it's gonna be a really good game i think texas is better than washington but i think texas has proven on any given weekend That they can lose to a six and six, seven and five ish type of team. Washington is better than that, and these games almost always come down to who wants to be here the most. I I I can remember Texas losing to Washington State in 2003, fighting on the sidelines, just. (laughs) and, And whereas you had a Washington State team that felt like this is a chance for us to like accomplish something and show people who we are. And then we've seen Texas beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl where the thought process was the excuse coming out of that for Georgia was, well, in retrospect, they didn't want to be there and play, whereas Texas does. It sounds like excuses, but sometimes an excuse is just the reason why something happens. And I think that more times than not, these bowl games are decided by which of the two teams in any of these bowls wants to be there more than the other. Obviously, there's a huge talent gap, that's one thing. But I don't think that's the case here. Washington's really good. This is a team, Washington team that's beaten some good teams. They've competed against some good teams. So I expect it to be a really good game. Texas is going to have to redefine itself a little bit on offense, I think. There's no way to get around the fact that if Roshan and Bijan don't play as we don't expect them to, that's 2,500-plus yards of offense taken out Ooh. of the offense. Yeah. It's just not a, a tiny thing. And technically <laughs> have to figure out who they are offensively without those. It, it's an early glimpse into the 2023 Longhorns because this is what yeah. we're going to see. We're going to see most of this offensive line. We're going to see Jonathan Brooks and Jaden Blue, and we're going to see Quinn Ewers. and who knows? Maybe, maybe we get a glimpse of Malik Murphy in a series or two in this game. But, you know, I think that with this game, it's kind of exciting for me. Because if you take the winning and losing out of the game, this will be kind of what the spring game is supposed to be. It's a glimpse in the next year as of what we can look to towards the future, but it's an honest-to-goodness glimpse. I mean, if Jonathan Brooks goes out and rushes for 200 yards, that's quite the springboard for him going into next season. Suddenly, everything about next season looks a little bit different because you're like, oh, that it's, it's the Casey Thompson effect, right? I mean, you can look so good – in a bowl game that it changes the way people view you. And I think that this bowl game has got an opportunity to be that kind of platform and springboard for a number of players. Um, you know, we keep talking about Xavier worthy. What does it look like in the bowl game? Like, is he going to be a focal point and ways that down the stretch? He wasn't, you know, there are all these little storylines behind this bigger storyline. And I find uh, for a game that otherwise, it's just a battle between two ranked teams. It doesn't have an impact on the top of the national rankings. I think it's a really interesting game. I think Michael Penix Jr. will look at this game as I'm coming back next year for one more season, and this bowl game is the springboard we want as we get ready to challenge for a Pac-12 championship or whatever his goals are for next season. He will want to start, and he'll view this bowl game as the first step towards the obtaining whatever it is are the reasons why he's coming back back.
2: that is jeff ketchum orangebloods.com at gk catch on twitter catch always appreciate it man have a great weekend
3: likewise you guys have a great weekend we'll talk next week
2: Thanks, Jeff. Good stuff there. Texas 20 days away from uh, the matchup with Washington. Some interesting thoughts there. The Malik Murphy part of it. And, yeah, it is kind of a look ahead to maybe what 23 will be like. I don't think 17 is going to win this game. But then again, I didn't think 17 to win the TCU game. So who knows? But it does feel like a game where you're going to need to score some points. Uh, We are at Total Men's Primary Care, 2701 South Congress. Bring those toys out here. New unwrapped toys. We're doing the toy drive one more day here down south. Mike. Harge and Rod Babers will be here with Ball Don't Lie. So you can bring those toys by. If you've got a normal schedule, you're off at 4 or 5 o'clock, come on by here. They will be here this evening until 7 o'clock. Up next, it's Why Today Matters. Got some big birthdays to hit. Also, we'll get you those soccer scores. A shocker for a lot of people as one of the powers in soccer is done in the World Cup. We will give you that one if you missed it. There's a lot of football notes out there as well, including those award winners from last night, including
3: Kroger Fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead, ah uh, yes
2: see what he's doing, say. I see what he's doing. Cameron Parker. Toy Story. Did. He's a mastermind. Very good. Very good. Toy Story. Do you know the artist? Tim Allen. <laughs> yes. Tim Tom Allen. Tom Hanks. Tim Allen is singing this song with Tom Hanks, special guest Joan Cusack on keyboards. <laughs> That's what's going on here. Randy Newman is the singer. Uh, close enough. Of this song. Fantastic. So for you guys, how big a deal? Do you all remember, like, when Toy Story hit? I remember seeing it as an older um, an older animated, you know, movie fan. But, like, do you guys remember being a big, big deal? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, Can- huge deal. Cameron, what do you remember about Toy Story? I remember watching the s- – I wasn't alive for the first one. The uh, second one I watched probably once a day when I was a kid.
1: Did you just say you weren't alive the- for the first one? I don't think so. Isn't the second one the worst one? Good Lord. He wasn't alive. Like, I heard the third one's dark. The third one. Like some toys die. The third, hey. Expo- spoiler
2: alert. Spoiler alert. The, yeah. the third one is pretty serious. Yeah, the third one gets okay. into it. Um, but uh, I remember that movie. I'm a big fan of animation in general, and there's certain movies you'll see where it was like, oh, we've taken a step into another world. And I guess that was the first Pixar movie, so Toy Story, uh, always a big deal. I
1: ain't going to lie, when Toy Story came out, it made me go into my room a little cautious. Really? Because if I saw anything running around my room, <laughs> I am gone. Haunted Toy Hell no.
2: Toy Stories is a little dark. See, my I'm glad I wasn't that age because I would have been highly concerned because every toy I had came with a knife, a sword, a gun, yeah. a grenade. Everything I had was like stereotypical toys for boys. You know, it was Transformers and it was robots with m- missiles and – you know, rocket ships and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, well, Toy Story came out around '95, so I was about four, five. Okay. Ish, three, something I don't know. But yeah, me too. Them to- <laughs> <laughs> I think you were alive when the toy was invented. Oh, shut. Um. Up. um anyway, there's no need for that. <laughs> I'd be a little cautious. Open the door quietly. Make sure my toys are not moving around. And yeah. yeah. Toy Story, it could have gotten dark.
2: I bet it, may, it probably also made some kids do that, but also made some kids maybe clean up the toys a little differently yeah. after seeing that movie. You know what? Let me straighten up a little bit. Let's get everybody in their place.
1: Now, a dark version of Toy Story is the movie Small Soldiers.
2: Oh, I haven't seen that.
1: You haven't seen Small Soldiers? No, no, no. Okay. What is that? Uh, kind of like a toy movie, but they're kind of like war toys. Oh, toys
2: go to war. Yeah. Okay. They come
1: alive, and I want to say they have a battle like a toy oh, battle hilarious. and the kids involved and stuff. It's very serious. Yeah.
2: Very serious. We're doing a toy drive today at Total Men's Primary Care. That's why Cameron Parker is hitting the toy angle on the songs. Randy Newman, Eminem with the Like Toy Soldiers, Elvis with Teddy Bear, uh, Missy Elliott with, uh, uh, what was that one, Toys? Hers was called Toys, I think. And then Toys in the Attic by Aerosmith. All that today. We thank all of those of you that have brought by the uh, new unwrapped toys to uh, South Congress today, 2701 South Congress. If it is a busy Friday for you uh, and maybe you're headed out to a high school football game or you just don't have time to get by here today, go to hornfm.com. You can donate right there on the website. Uh, All right, if you are a soccer freak, we'll get you an update there and talk about some other reasons why today matters. It is December 9th. Let's go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All right, depending on your perspective, it is either the cruelest way or the most beautiful way to end a World Cup game. It is penalty kicks and Brazil ate one today. They're gone. Croatia takes them out again. This is Croatia's second in a row, I think, where they've gotten through on penalty kicks. They won it 4-2. to two. So Neymar got the goal. Croatia ties it up. They lose it in penalty kicks. And Zay, I watched. got to watch this thing. Uh, God love technology. I watched it on my phone earlier, which for me is an amazing thing. Kids, shut up. Um, but the early part of this, the two Croati- first two Croatian kickers, Croat kickers. First two kickers for Croatia, they go right down the middle. So normally, you know, the goalie's trying to figure out which side is yeah, going to. He's right laugh,
1: he just guess. So he
2: jumped out of the way both times and they just both calmly knocked it right down the middle about three feet off the ground. They didn't even need the triple deck. Just, just boom. But then the next two guys for Croatia went Randy Johnson's slider low in the left corner. Just mm. blasted it into the corner. So there's a lot of ways to do that. It is a weird – over the years I've talked to soccer people and overall I think they kind of accept that sometimes games have to come down to that. The tension's crazy. That stadium was dead silent at times during that penalty kick because everybody's just waiting to see – which way it's going to go oh, just
1: think about the women's world cup 99 and how oh, yeah. monumental that was
2: i remember watching that one i remember watching that when brandy chastain took that shirt off and oh, yeah. started swinging it around over her head man that was awesome that was uh, good stuff so that was game one today game two still argentina one nil they're into the 71st minute of that one it is a, mi- a goal in the 35th minute argentina's trying to make it hold up they lead the Netherlands one nil. Uh, a little bit later on, uh, you'll get a World Cup report in the afternoon show from Glenn Davis. Got two more uh, semifinals, excuse me, two more quarterfinals coming up tomorrow, including that big England-France matchup. Quick update, uh, so, Chad. Yes, Messi just converted a penalty kick in the seventy-third minute. It's now two-nil Argentina. Oh. There it is. 2-0, and it just changed on my end. Thank you, Cameron, for the update. So a little breathing room for Argentina there. 73rd minute. It is 2-0. They're trying to advance. All right. Um, if, an,
1: go ahead. If Messi and Argentina win this, will he, be, will he dethrone Diego for our Argentina's Ooh. king Ooh. of football? My
2: guess would be, I don't know, I don't know any Argentinian like, soccer fans. He would have fans. to
1: go crazy and then win a cup. He'd have to score the goal that did it, and then maybe you could have
2: a conversation. Okay. I don't think he would go above Maradona, though. I'd have to double-check that resume for Maradona. I know he won. Did he win two for them? At least 1-1. One, one. Yeah,
1: he definitely got one.
2: I don't think he – I think it'd still be Maradona. Okay. I think it'd still be Maradona. Cameron Parker, do you have any soccer thoughts on that?
0: If Messi can
2: get the World Cup, it's the only thing that's missing on his resume. He would join Maradona as Argentinian World Cup winners. I think that would put him right in the conversation. So maybe 1-1-A one one at that yeah. point? Right. Yeah, okay, but maybe. you have to ask an Argentinian because uh, from yeah. our perspective, I would think Messi is by far the GOAT, but different eras and what Maradona did. I mean, he was a transcendent player. Dude, I'm telling you. that's that, that dude. That's the thing. I'm just trying, I lived through a lot of that time period, even though I wasn't a soccer freak, watching from a distance. I knew who Diego Maradona was. Oh, me too. Like in 1980, 81, 82, 83, I knew who he was, even though I wasn't a soccer guy.
1: I know about 10 soccer players. He's one of them. Yeah, at one point, I knew two. <laughs> I knew Pele and him. That was
2: it. And then later, Tattoo from yeah. that Dallas indoor team, right? Those are the ones that I knew. All right. Uh, some other reasons why today matters. How about this? Today... Would have been Red Fox's 100th birthday. Oh, man. So let's give Fred Sanford his love. Uh, We talked about Fred Sanford and George Jefferson uh, earlier in the week on the show. Uh, Red died in 91. For me, Red Fox is not – not that he's not important for television history. He is. Red Fox is important to me for comedy history. He's important because there is a wave – there was a wave of comics that listened to his records late at night. And he was one of the first big-time dirty comics. That oh, yeah. made it big, that hit big, and that's why once he got to Sanford and Son, that's where I was kind of like, yeah, it's funny, but that's not Red Fox. Red Fox is all the words. Give me all the words. I don't need edited Red Fox. No. That's why he was, that's why he was great to me. So Red Fox will always have that love uh, from me. Uh, from the football side of things, how about Dick Butkus turning 80 today? Man. That's right. The Butkus Award went out last night to Jack Campbell of iowa congrats to him dick butkus 80 years old dick butkus old school oh this is a good one damn it actually connects to the pro team because he played for the chicago bears of course illinois there you go all
1: right
2: he is an illinois guy and for some reason just a few years ago they made the statue I don't know where they what they were waiting on.
1: Yeah, what the hell y'all waiting on? One of the greatest linebackers ever.
2: Literally five to ten years ago, they poured a statue of Dick Butkus. Like y'all didn't have enough money to pour a statue before now? Yeah. Come on. What are you doing? Uh, Happy birthday to Dick today. Uh, If you're a Longhorn fan, Tom Kite has a birthday today. Happy uh, 73rd to Tom, Longhorn legend, of course. Uh, As far as entertainment goes, John Malkovich has a birthday today. Uh, Zay, tomorrow, my favorite Dallas Maverick of all time, has a birthday. Mark Aguirre will turn
1: 63. Mark Aguirre is your favorite man of all time. When I was a kid.
2: Now, look, I love me some Davis, and I love me some Derek Harper, and Roe Blackman was awesome, but Aguirre was my guy. All Mark, right, Mark Aguirre, that was my guy.
1: Yeah, he definitely used he's that huge derriere of his to get where he wanted to and <laughs> hit that mid-range jumper. Him and Blackman and Daryl Harper, yeah, they were a good team. And he's really good friends with uh, Mark Aguirre, with Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, and all those guys during the summertime. They Is that had a right? hoop and out okay. together in the '80s.
2: And they and he ended up being on both the Pistons teams.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: later on, that was a little a little sad for me as a Mavs fan, but I was happy for him getting ring. He
1: put the Pistons over the hump.
2: Yeah, he was there when they need cause when you could bring a guy like that off the bench if you needed him. I mean, oh, it yeah. just he just played an important role there. That was uh, impressive. All right, speaking of marks, apparently we have a mark on the phone. The world's strongest man, Mark Henry of AEW. Mark Henry, how are you?
0: Man, I'm doing great, man. I just wanted to see if you enjoyed yourself.
2: Man, I had, a gr- I had a great time. Like I tweeted at you, it was an awesome show. There's just so much that you guys throw at people, so much talent, so much entertainment. Uh, I love the pacing of everything, all the different matches. Man, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate uh, you being able to set that up uh, so, uh, so me and my man Rick Sakamano
0: could go. It was a lot of fun, dude. You know what, man? You, in a birthday week, what was the best gift you got for your birthday?
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, this is my birthday. Still a little ways away, but uh, if if you want to make that my birthday present, it'll probably be the best <laughs> one I get. Absolutely, it was the best th- yeah, and Christmas go. present. Yeah, the best birthday present I got would be seeing MJF and Ricky Starks do a promo off and finding out what the heck "Oh Scissor Me, Daddy" meant. That that that's my gift. <laughs> Dude, Man, I had no I idea that was going on. I almost bought that shirt, Mark. I almost bought it.
0: What well, what kept you from buying it? Was was it the pink? The,
2: it was the, it was a combination of things. The pink was part of it, but also that long line was part of it. I realized how long I would have had to stand in line, and I thought, man, if I get home with that, yeah, and, and I, his wife, and Mark. my and my wife looks directly at that shirt. I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to sleep in the house. So I I, I had to leave it there, man. I'm sorry. You please tell please tell. Uh, let me see if I get this right. Please tell Daddy Ass that I am sorry I didn't buy the shirt.
0: You know what, man, <laughs> I'm going to do you one side. Now you're going to get a Christmas present. I'm going to get you a, a Visit Me Daddy shirt. Oh, that's
2: that's there I'm you go. About. See, there it is. I'm sure that's not what, just why you called, though. Anything else you got for the people? What do you got, a little Longhorn stuff? What are you thinking today? You know what?
0: That, that's that's my, my, my thing, man, is I can't wait to see the ball game because uh, I really want to see Brooks play as a focal a point in the runoff offense as well as hopefully I'll be able to see Malik Murphy get some reps.
2: Yeah, we were just talking to Jeff Ketchum about that. I, I'm with you there. I think a lot of Longhorn fans would like to see that. I'm not sure what kind of – I don't
1: know if Sark wants those problems. Malik yeah. Murphy comes in and dominates.
2: Yeah,
0: well, that's so what, the thing. What if, <laughs> he comes in, what if he comes in and has a Caleb Williams-type performance?
1: Oh goodness! Oh, I'm with it. I'm, I don't care who starts, Mark. As long as you are productive on the field, I don't care if you got nil money, oil money, whatever. <laughs> if Quinn Ewers, Mullet, if he cuts it, that keeps it. Hey, whoever's producing needs to play. Bottom line. Well, yeah. Well, I
0: tell you what, man. I'm looking forward to it, and I, I wish Bijan and Rojo all the best. Uh, they, they, they've done a really, really good job. of holding the banner
2: of uh, running back. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Mark, we appreciate the call as always, man. Safe travels to that AEW crew. Y'all have a great time these next two weeks in the state of Texas.
0: All right, man, I appreciate you, bro. bro.
2: Thanks, Mark. Uh, Mark Henry, AEW, that Winter is Coming event next Wednesday night. The MJF-Ricky Starks match for the belt is part of that. Uh, if you want to check it out, it was a, a good show this week. Uh, I may get the Scissor Me Daddy shirt anyway. That's a scary thought. No. my wife hopes, You deserve I'm, it. Hoping my wife's not listening <laughs> right now. <laughs>
1: hey, you didn't buy it, so you can't get in trouble. Exactly. I would
2: say, honey, it's free. Yeah. I, somebody gave me the, can't get in trouble. the shirt, right? Yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, so, why today matter? Oh, also one more for you Entourage fans. Today is Sloane's birthday. Ooh. Imagine Manuel Shrieky, I believe is how you say that last name. She's 47 tomorrow, not today. Tomorrow will be Sloan's birthday. Just beautiful. Every
1: episode she was in. Like, here's the reason why you would hate Eric on that show. Couldn't stop. Oh, hated E, right? Yeah, because he would fumble the bag with her. You're like, Dude. M- Multiple episodes and seasons. Kind of like Jerry oh. Seinfeld and uh, Spectacular Bosom. Oh girl, uh, yeah, yesterday. Terry Hatcher, yeah, you just, right. Exactly. Like, what
2: are you doing? Dude, I'm telling you, she unbelievable. Every time she would lecture E, I just thought it was sexy as hell. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's E, you deserve every bit of that. Emmanuel Shrieky with uh, birthday coming up tomorrow. I missed that
1: show. That was a great show. Oh, I
2: did. Yeah, I'm with you there. I saw a little bit of the movie yesterday. Yeah, it
1: doesn't do it for me. It wasn't
2: quite as good, but it did make me miss it. Yeah. Right? It made me miss drama, and it made me miss Turtle, and it made me miss Vinny. Yeah, And then, of course, dude, it made me miss Ari Gold. One of the greatest side characters anybody ever thought up was, let's get Jeremy Piven, like, completely whacked out of his mind and have him be an agent in Hollywood. That was fantastic.
1: Yeah, I don't know how nonfiction that lifestyle was for Mark Wahlberg, but... They did a hell of a job making that for
2: HBO. Based on true events. Based on true events. Based on true 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 events. events. Yeah, that's Uh, right. All right, coming up, we'll get you stems and seeds before we get out of here. Those award winners from last night set up the weekend for you. It is a busy one. High school football, college football with Army-Navy, and, of course, Pro Ball, will the Cowboys cover a 17 and a half point line? Uh, we're at Total Men's Primary Care. Come bring us those toys. 2700, oh, 2701 South Congress. We're doing the toy drive again today through 7 o'clock. Get on out here. It's the horn.
1: Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. Bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. I don't-
2: brought one of these by today. That'd be pretty cool. If you you bring a bicycle by and throw that in the box for the toy drive, that'd be something. You know who this is, say? Nope. No? All right, this would be Queen. Queen. With Freddie Mercury back in the day. Rest in peace to Freddie. Shout out to the surviving members of Queen. Little bicycle for you. Queen, Randy Newman, Eminem, Elvis, Missy Elliott, Aerosmith. We knew five of the six today. We did not get the Missy Elliott song right. Cameron almost made us feel really good about our music after pretty much having, I think we got one right all of yesterday. So thanks to Cameron Parker for making sure we're flying straight today and making sure we get some of the music right. Shout out to our crew on this side of things, Jack and Marcus, as well as Macy. Christina just showed up. Uh, Thanks to our crew Uh, Promotions-wise, sales-wise, Mike Harge, of course, Rod Babers coming right up with Ball Don't Lie. They'll be here till 7. Here is Total Men's Primary Care, 2701 South Congress. Got the toy drive rolling throughout 7 o'clock. All right, we've had a little adjustment in that World Cup score. Let's start there with stems and seeds. Here we go. No stress, no seeds, no
0: stems, no sticks.
2: Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Argentina got a little bit of breathing room with the Messi goal 2-0. Netherlands answered in the 83rd minute. It's 2-1. They have gotten to the 90th minute, so now we're about to go into extra time. Argentina up 2-1 on the Netherlands. Brazil lost in penalty kicks to Croatia earlier today. Uh, we talked about Bijan Robinson getting the Doak Walker. Any of the other award uh, guys that really jump out to you? Last night, Caleb Williams took home a couple with the Walter Camp and the Maxwell.
1: Yeah, just kind of what we talked about earlier in the first hour. I was a little shocked that Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep. got robbed and the that award for best wide receiver. I did think Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee had a really good season. Clearly he had that five-touchdown game against Alabama where they threw the field goal post in the Tennessee River. But other than that, I don't think he outplayed Marvin Harrison Jr. And if I'm the Georgia Bulldogs, I'm not liking that Marvin Harrison Jr. has more motivation coming into that 1-4 matchup for Ohio State and Georgia. So that's about it.
2: So uh, Will Anderson, Nagurski, and Bednarik, I don't think a lot of people have too much problem with that. And and Brock Bowers would have been my pick for the John Mackey. I think he's the best tight end.
1: Yeah, I like the man Mayer from Notre Dame. But I think Mayer's going to be the better NFL prospect. But yeah, Bowers is good. Bowers really good team.
2: more versatile than me at the college level. They use him more ways. Yes, very true. Yeah, it does I a lot agree. of stuff. Uh, congrats to all those award winners. Also, just something to keep your eye on in college football is a wacky story I saw today. My wife went to SFA, so I follow the Lumberjacks sometimes. So members of the WAC, like SFA, Abilene Christian, Utah Tech, and Southern Utah, along with Tarleton State, They're going to get together with some folks from the Atlantic Sun and create a new football conference, and they want to be the 11th fbs conference sfa abilene christian tarleton and get this UTRGV, who doesn't even have a football team is going to start one and they want to play in 24 25.
1: yeah 12 team playoff coming now everybody thinks they have a chance yeah
2: that is crazy keep your eye on that one they don't even know what it's going to be called yet all right rodden hearts coming up with ball don't lie get on out here and bring us those toys two uh, 2700 2701, I should say, South Congress, Total Men's Primary Care. Thanks to them for having us out once again. We will talk to you on Monday. Busy weekend coming. to you.